You're listening to the Bulldog Hour, getting you inside the Wilson football program with weekly game previews, recaps, highlights, and interviews. Now, here are your hosts, Joe Mays and Justin Raffoff. Good evening, everyone, and welcome back to the Bulldog Hour. I'm one of your hosts, Joe Mays, and sitting next to me is my co-host, Justin Raffoff. Yeah, it's uh, good to be here. Um, we got a, a bit of a winning streak going here, which is which is always fun. Yeah, just a bit. Up to four games in a row now for the Bulldogs. They're playing very well. Huge win Friday night in Landisville against Hempfield, and that victory... All it does is ensure Wilson, at a minimum, a share of the LL Section 1 title, which is, I believe, the 33rd overall league title, regardless of which league that's in. 29th total in Lancaster, Lebanon, by and large, and 28th in Section 1. I think I have my numbers right there. And I'll, I, I'll defer to you. <laughs> and I know Jeff Reinert mentioned in one of his articles today for Lancaster newspaper, Lancaster Online, that Wilson's just the outright titles, not counting ones that their co are shared, they have more outright league titles than the other Section 1 teams combined. Sounds so, right to me. Wilson, I guess we are what everyone thought we were going to be. They are. Who are we talking about? I, I don't know. I mean, it's been a funky season. It's below 500 halfway through the year. Well, here we are. And to, and to not, not be a spoiler, but you've kind of been teasing this online anyway. But, like, here we were talking playoff scenarios, which we were kind of doing earlier today, too. Um, but we're running through different possible scenarios. And we just said, let's take a step back. And, you know, because we're looking at possible matchups or – what we need to do to get in and, and all of that stuff. And yet there we sit and I'm like, think about a month ago, would we have been talking about like, Oh, well, what about this team or this team? You know, our thoughts on different teams, you know, that it was just a different conversation a, a month ago in terms of like, look, this is what we have to do to give ourselves a shot. And, you know? Yeah. I mean, it, a month ago we were wondering if the, if the team was going to win enough games to make the playoffs no. and I'll be honest the my my focus went from playoffs to the streaks like that's where my focus shifted entering the section play and right. I know you and I had the conversation kind of when we were wor- working through we're like well they need to beat going through the schedule the way we thought it would unfold we said they we need at least a win from the Mannheim Central, Hempfield, or uh, Township games to get to the, the the six wins was the one we were we were looking at. And and one and one in those three so far, with one right. pending. Right, and so, but the the way they were playing and the way things were going, you know, yeah, we've started to see some of those things and some of the stuff come together. Um, you know, with with the run game and and different aspects, and so. It's uh, it's been an, an interesting but a, a positive four games. So, yeah, from two and three to six and three, things are rolling. They've had to uh, fight their way through, um, you know, their own issues against a slow start against McCaskey, some issues throughout which, the Cedar Crest game. Also, w- hung with I say hung with gave Manheim Township some issues early on mm-hmm. this week as well. Like so. You see, you see, McKeskey's not that team, and I know it's hard to say because you look at the final results and you look at the results for the season. But a team that hadn't won games in a couple years won, I think, two games this year so far. Yes, and they're two took, and seven. Took yes. Penn Manor to the end of the game, last, you know, and last like, week. Yeah. So, and with all the crazy stuff that happened literally a week before the season started, there, I'm happy f- that it seems to be trending in the right direction like, again. I wish them nothing but luck, except for when they play us. Right. um, Yeah. Yes, but that game, you know, the slow start, but then they're able to get things going. It hasn't been all, like, smooth sailing, but four games and four results like we would want. 
Yeah, two and three in the first five, all non-league games. Four and zero in the next four, all league games. And if you want to be crowned a champion, that's one way to do it. Like we already mentioned, they are currently at a minimum co-champions of the LL League Section One this season. Uh, but as you'll hear from our coaching interview um, at, when we get to it, co's aren't really something that Wilson acknowledges all that often. It's in the stats book and whatnot, but that's about it. It's not mentioned that all that often. So really, the last time, um, well, last year, they were uh, section champs outright. So um, looking to go back-to-back outright section champions and obviously Wilson had a string of those from 2008 through 2016 shared it in 2018 with Warwick and Manham Township and now look to go back to back outright here and you know <laughs> with the way things start at the beginning that would be an excellent excellent way to uh, cap this season to make the run through and and you mentioned and we've alluded a bunch of times you make that playoff field absolutely anything is possible well and I know we we kept preaching it through the first half of the season that while it wasn't pretty and it wasn't where anyone wanted the team to be at that time, there was still only one goal that wasn't on the table, and that was to beat Mifflin. And, hey, that's one goal. And you know what? That's over and done with. They took it to us, and they've taken it to everybody they play, and – Probably will for the foreseeable future, yep. you know, like um, this season. So, um, you know, that's just kind of the way it goes. But they that's can, that's over and done with. You know what? Let them deal with their 5A field. We right. can only control those games remaining. And we've won the last four. Like you said, we have a chance to win that outright section title. That means a lot. And the kids know it. And they get to do it at home on senior night. Like, yeah. man, like, hey, like. No outside motivation needed. And, and you could win the section. Right, so you win the section outright, and you set yourself up to play more games if you, if you win that one too. Yeah, a win on Friday night gives you an outright check, section title, an undefeated run through the section, and clinches a better, most likely a better spot for you in the playoff field that will comp- be comprised of eight six A teams from District Three, and we will dive into that. Very, very soon here on the show this evening. But before we do, we do want to thank our sponsors. And uh, up first, our presenting sponsor, my dad, Bill Mays and Mays Sandwich Shop, with us since day one. And always appreciate uh, their continued sponsorship of the program, as well as our latest sponsor now going on a few weeks with us, Mike Drago of MikeDragoSports.com. Of which Wilson was the... Is it Go Big Recruiting? Go, yep. uh, yeah, Go Big Recruiting Game of the Week. For uh, the, I believe, fourth time this year. At least fourth at time, least yeah. fourth time this year. Yep. Great, so, great write-up by I Jason would, Garante on the game. I so. would think a good chance that this week's game could be it, although I know a lot of people are amped for Mifflin Burks Catholic as well. So when Mike puts that poll out on Twitter, be on the lookout. We'll see what happens if Wilson Township is elected or one of the other yeah. games featuring I'm, two Burke schools. I'm not is looking to get in, like, I'm not looking to start a conversation here. I completely forgot that week 10 is Mifflin Burke's Catholic, not Burke's Catholic YMSA. Like, yeah, well, that's not, not looking to go down that road. That would be. <laughs> Somebody else's show. Yes, but you need to be quiet, or uh, Steve Steve O'Neill right, is right, going right, to get on the right. line. I'm and, sorry, and... I'm sorry. Like it just slipped my mind, and I'm like, oh yeah, because I'm thinking there's no way we're going to be the game over that, and then uh, yeah, it'll be it'll be tough uh, to see there, but a couple good games in week ten. So MikeDragoSports.com joining our sponsorship list a few weeks ago, as well as CNS Supply Company. Andy Herr, Marty Palm, and our three anonymous donors. We appreciate everyone's support of the Bulldog Hour. And if you would like to help us, there are multiple ways you can do that. Sponsorships, advertising, in-kind donations, visiting the website at bulldoghour.com. And I have been tinkering with that uh, in the evening off and on, updating some of the the history and heritage pages and uh, just keeping the 2021 season up to date. But you can also help us by doing Justin's favorite thing. Yeah, like and share. Like and share anything that's posted on our social media, the website, repost it, retweet it, send it out, give it a like, whatever you can uh, is a big, big help for us. Um, and here, one of the other things that uh, is out there, the schedule. Justin likes to look at the schedule. We yeah, love pulling it's, this up. It's and crazy. Uh, 
This one's a little bit, uh, you know, depressing in some sense because the season is well on its way to being over, which well, yeah, is disappointing. But that also hit me when all this talk about week seven in the NFL season is this week, and I'm like, wait, week seven? I mean, that means this is the way my brain works. I was like, that means next week is week eight, and the week after that is week nine. And that means we're over halfway. <laughs> like, you know, I'm like, that can't be right. But, but now here, we've finished week nine. Some, this is the last week of October. Yeah. Here we are, last week of October, hosting Manine Township this Friday the 29th, and then into the playoffs. I'm shocked your Christmas tree isn't up yet. <laughs> Just you wait. Give me give me another few weeks, and uh, we'll, we'll probably see. probably see it on the way out. <laughs> <laughs> you walk upstairs, and all the Halloween stuff's gone. It's right. already Christmas, and Halloween hasn't even come by yet. But, hey, that's how it works. So, uh, yes, um, I don't have a live show graphic this week because Justin and I have not decided what we're doing next week with Hollow next next weekend with Halloween being during our normal time and Spring Township is conducting trick or treating from six to nine next Sunday, uh, October thirty first. So Justin and I obviously we're going to be taking the our children around to enjoy the holiday. Uh, so we haven't decided when we're doing the yeah. show. Um, we could maybe do it Saturday evening, but it's also during the Penn State game versus Ohio State, which could be hand, a blessing. I was say, on the other hand, I don't know. I think we, I think we may have that might settled. On that might have been decided for, for us. So, uh, guys, that's uh, yeah. enough about that. Before we dive into the conversation about the Hempfield game last week, which I'm sure many of you are aware of, we attempted to do a show. From Cedarcrest in it Lebanon. An, it was an adventure. Live post game. A whole bunch of stuff happened. All bad. <laughs> Nothing was good about any of that. <laughs> we didn't get to do it on the field. We didn't get to do it with any interviews. The connectivity in Lebanon was terrible. And I don't know if that's what led to the terrible audio or if that was just something with the our broadcast software and, and the iPad we were using, but we were then in a Dim, dimly lit parking lot. We're being accosted by Cedar Crest people walking by. Uh, it, it just it wasn't ideal. It wasn't great. I'm a, we apologize for the, uh, the, the the just terrible audio quality that came of that. We were very disappointed once we learned of how how bad it was. Uh, but we obviously talked a lot during that game about Cam Jones because of what he was able to do against Cedar Crest, and he was our player of the game last week. For obvious reasons, four punt returns for 69 yards and a touchdown, another of which was called back. Right. He had a kickoff return for 91 yards and a score, two rushes for 14 yards and a touchdown, and then he chipped in a reception for four yards, and that doesn't mention anything that he did on defense either. Right, and that's that impact, uh, we saw it come through on Friday, this Friday night too when Hemfield just was like, yep, not kicking to him. On punts or kickoffs, just straight out refused, which is a smart move. Um, but it's really one of the few times we've seen it actually employed. We've seen teams be like, you know what, like Exeter didn't kick, kick deep. They kind of kicked off like short yeah. too. But like it, maybe that's just their style. They might do that every time for all I know. But like Hemfield was just straight up like, nope, not kicking it anywhere near him, and, you know, punting out of bounds, all that stuff. And so. the um, Doug Doms being the special teams coordinator oh, by and large or had a yes. huge hand in in years past – we saw that come out, and special teams was a key yeah. component of Wilson's victory at Hemfield Friday night. And we got to see a wonderful play where they kind of like pooched it or short kicked it right to one of the up men who just happened to be sophomore quarterback Tommy Hunsaker, who turned and threw a lateral pass to Cam across the field. And that set up Wilson, what is like, like around the 40 35 of Hemfield like after the, the return. Yard line, yeah. uh, I don't, don't don't believe Wilson scored any points on that we drive. Not. We did not. But. but I mean, that was great. I mean, what a way to kind of counteract that. Well, we're not going to yes. kick the cam. Well, we're going to get cam well, the ball saw, anyway. We saw a few weeks ago when they would go and they would line the guys up in the middle and they wouldn't pick a side first, you know, so that they couldn't. Well, at Cedarcrest, they did that too. And that's kind of what led to cam going on the side he isn't typically on. Right. And getting the ball and taking it, what, 91 yards 91, to the house. Yep. So. so, yeah, Cam Jones, our player of the week for Cedar Crest, if you missed the show last weekend or the, or the post about it afterwards. Also want to mention his – so he was the WFNZ 69 News big ticket yes. uh, triple play of the week against Cedar Crest for I think it was the punt return. I think it was, yes. Uh, and Sam Marstenek was there. I was talking to him throughout the game, and he was like, "That that's triple player. That's 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 it right there." Like before anything else in the game happened, or knew what else happened. Right, other that games, made it told seven, us. That made it seven nothing. In that yeah, game. Like, he told us he's like, "That's the play of the week," and I was like, "Oh, okay." 
And it was. Right. Fast forward a week, and here we are again, Wilson with a nominee on the big ticket for a triple play. Um, triple hot, Is it triple hot play of the week? I think it's triple hot play. Triple hot play of the week. Uh, Cam's brother Jaden is up for the award this week. So if you haven't already, make sure you go to 69news.com, check out the big ticket, and find the nominees. I believe there's four well, of them for play of the week. And Jaden's game-winning touchdown with 32 seconds left against Hempfield is up for that award. I believe voting closes either tonight or tomorrow. So get those votes in quickly. Well, was it last? Wasn't it at Cedar Crest after the Cedar Crest game? It starts to run together. But when. Uh, uh, friends and family of the of the joneses were just kind of like letting us know like not us but just everybody know that like it's the thunder and lightning that's thunder right and lightning thunder and, and lightning and yeah. we saw it we saw the the lightning at cedar crest and and a little the, foreshadowing the, of the next little bit of the show like we saw the thunder on uh well meteorologically speaking <laughs> you need the lightning before the thunder anyways it makes sense so it, it all worked out for that Wilson. probably makes you happy it makes you very happy way. very very good yes very good all good and yeah it was a. Uh, well, it was. I mean, let's let's dive right into that game. Yeah. It was a, it was a, it was a good game. It, it, it was. wasn't it was. completely clean. No, there were some turnovers and still some penalties. And I'm not speaking just of Wilson. The most of the penalties, I'm mostly speaking of Wilson because that's the way it worked again. But it was an entertaining game. I got a bunch of messages afterwards after I posted the final score that Wilson had won. I had a few direct messages saying, "Wow, what a game!" You know, that was what a great one to be at. And I was like. Yeah, you know, I, I I like when we win by like thirty five, but um, you know, a win is a win, and I'll take it. And it, it certainly had its moments. Yeah, no, it, it, exactly. And it's kind of again, if if it's hard for me to do this, but like if you take a step back and kind of just look at it from like an outsider perspective, it's what you would expect for a game where you know a, at least a share or you know things of the section championship were on the line. Like it, it's kind of everything you would want. You know, you had a close game down to the final minute and you had a play the, the last play of the game decides the game you know like and and that's from an outsider's perspective perspective that's what you'd like you and i both agree like it we don't mind if they're up multiple scores at no, the end and no. it doesn't it is settled well before that but uh you know it is entertaining and when it works out the right way then it's still fun like <laughs> But oh. I, I was talking to someone and I heard someone saying like, these games are fun. Like, yes, it's hard to think that in the moment because you're like, oh my gosh, it's all this, it's stressful and everything. But these games are fun. You know, it, it has a different feel than a game that has a, a known outcome. You know, like it, it is fun. It's exciting. And that's kind of what, where that adrenaline rush comes from. So um, yeah, it was, it was quite the game though. Yeah, so we're going to recap the game. We'll show the huddle highlights, whatever this, you know, this is very inconsistent and throws random stuff at us week to week. And a lot of times it has things wrong uh, in the overlays with the score and the stats and whatnot. So we're going to play. sometimes out of order. We're going to play whatever it has here. It's about two minutes long, but Justin and I are going to talk about what's happening and also go over some of the statistics from the game. Uh, But the biggest takeaway, I think, uh, two things. Special teams, Wilson came out immediately and did kind of like a pooch kickoff that had Hempfield kind of disorganized and stymied and Wilson ran down the field, recover it. And a few plays later leads us to this moment. If you're watching and it's going to be a Brad Hoffman, uh, rushing touchdown. And that put Wilson up seven, nothing after the Ben Rada point after touchdown was good. Um, Hempfield did move right down the field. However, and get a score on a, a, a streak to the running back out of the backfield. It was over 20 yards, I believe. Uh, and they converted a bunch on the on third down. That was the one of the biggest yes, issues and, that and Wilson's defense had. a lot of third had. longs as well. Yes, Wilson was unable to keep Hemfield from converting on third down throughout the night. The, the good thing, at least early, the Wilson offense was, was moving. They were moving the ball. They were getting some key uh, conversions via the passing game when needed, but more often than not, they were relying on the ground game, mostly Jaden and Brad. However, here you're going to see Wilson's second touchdown is a pass from Brad to Brady Klein to put Wilson up 14-7. to uh, And Wilson would continue to uh, try to pad their lead uh, in the second quarter and would eventually go up 21-7 to uh, before halftime. Unfortunately, Hempfield responded after that to cut it to 21-14 at halftime. And other than not getting the the uh, Hempfield offense 
off the field on third down. The Bulldog defense also had a lot of problems with big play in plays in the passing game. That was a really nice catch by uh was that Sean Dendel? I Dendles? think it was Sean Dendel's catch, yes. Yeah. So that was the big thing for Wilson throughout the night. Defensively, they were flushing Cam Harbaugh, their quarterback, the Black Knight quarterback, from the pocket, but he was keeping his eyes downfield and this finding is the open last receivers. Drive, I think, yeah. Yeah. So back yeah. to the highlights. It's tied 21-21. Wilson got the ball and had to drive over 70 yards, and they did it, I believe, on the ground. With, yeah, I think Everett. eight. I think it was eight rushes. Yep. They got some big setups by quarterback Brad Hoffman. I think it was 19 and then a 24-yarder, and then with 32 seconds left, Jaden Jones diving touchdown to put Wilson up 28-21. to 21. And there you can see, and we'll check the stats, Hemfield, 8 of 13 on third down, which is stellar. That is definitely something you want to see for them. from your stellar for yeah, them. <laughs> for them. Yeah. Not not for us. But for them. Uh very, very good from them. So we'll check the rest of the stats here. Um yeah, what it's interesting because you, you think about and I know Jeff Reiner I think mentioned this on on some of his uh tweets when he's kind of tweeting out what's going on and you know two minute offense essentially they got the ball with three minutes left but uh Two-minute offense basically took two and a half minutes off the clock because they got it with three minutes left, went 70 yards, and I don't think the ball went in the air once. Um, and they were able to get big chunks, um, and we were able to drive down the field, and, man, that was that was exciting. Yeah. Was exciting. So- and you know what? Like, it, I don't I don't know. It, Wilson seemed like calm, cool, and collected on that last drive. They did, you know, which, like, and like this, it, which this is not us trying to be negative, but we hadn't seen that that much this year. Well, like, think back to the Mannheim Central game. Yeah. Think back to the Exeter game before it, it got wide open. Right. When you're like, the offense needs a drive. We didn't get it against Exeter. Right. We didn't get it against Mannheim Central. We've gotten it the last few weeks, but the opponent wasn't up to our caliber, and we were able to easily push through any mistakes right. that we made. So I think everyone sitting in the stands and watching from home, sitting at 21-21, three minutes, the offense gets the ball, we're all thinking, are they going to be able to do this? Well, where I was worried was when it was 21-21 with five minutes left and we got stopped on like fourth, fourth and three, fourth and four, and like something like that. 40 or yeah. something like so that. Yeah, so like I'm like, okay. But then the defense stood tall and got the ball back, and then yep. we we let on that drive. But like it, they had decided, and you honestly could see it most of the night. We, we had decided like – all right, Brad and Jaden, get it done. Yeah, you know, um, and and they did. <laughs> um, I think there was one. I don't remember every play on that last drive, but I know there was one where they had kind of like stood us up a little bit. But well, actually, yeah. So that happened one time. So I had to play the drive chart here. Awesome. So we started first and ten, three minutes to go. Uh, Brad rushed for five yards. Brad rushes for 19 yards to get a first down. Brad rushes for 24 yards to the 30 for a first down. Right. Jaden rushes for eight yards the next to set one, up I second think. and two. And then Jaden got hit for a loss of one right. to set up and that, third and three. And, and Wilson called the timeout. Right, that's when Wilson called a timeout. They took it off of Hempfield's side on the scoreboard. And that yes. led to some confusion, confusion later in the game. Now, I know really quickly and honestly before, before we even scored – like my positioning, I was able to hear some of the coaches. I knew some of the coaches were on top of that already. Like some of the coaches knew because they were looking at it more from our perspective of like, Hey, not, you know, we haven't scored yet. If we have the timeouts, we only have two. We don't have three. It says we have three. We only have two left, but they knew then that that meant they probably had two left, not one left. Like the scoreboard was saying. Right. And, and that was the case. And, so I know most of the coaches, maybe not all of them, but I knew at least some of the coaches were aware of that when it was time to go on defense later. So sorry, not to cut you off, but that, no, no, that's that is where that yes. came from. Because I know there was uh, a little bit of unrest, and I understand that um, later when it looked – when it according to the scoreboard, it looked like Hempfield got four timeouts right. uh, and basically got a chance that, yeah. to win the game when that was not the case. There was so. things to be critical about the officiating once again, but we're not going to get into that. However – the scoreboard thing, well, that would be the scoreboard right. thing. The, the refs had that fic, uh, like, understood, and the majority of the Wilson coaches understood that. I don't know that the players were paying attention or the people in the stand. They're relying on the scoreboard to uh, tell them the scoreboard was wrong. The 
officiating the coaches were correct. But so Wilson takes a timeout facing third and three from the Hempfield 23. And right. that's the point where you're thinking, all right, we need a first well, down. One, can we pick this up? Right. And then, two, if we don't, do you attempt the field right. goal? So I'm thinking, I'm like, I, I know Ben can, can boom the ball. He, we've seen it on the kickoffs. It's one thing to do it though when it's set up and you know when you're just accuracy isn't as big of an issue or, or the, need. and you need to snap and hold and there's nobody trying to block it right you know versus another so I was thinking we could win this on a field goal I'd like us to get this first down I'd like it to be more of an extra point attempt field goal than you know like if we could get inside that 25 yard range I'm um, I know that's getting really close to the end zone but like I'm. I'm, I was confident that we we absolutely have it. I don't know what Ben's range is. Yeah, I, I don't know either. And it's it's also different in a situation where, like, the game was tied, you know? So, like, that would be I, a lot to ask for someone's – would that have been his first field goal attempt? I don't think Wilson's attempted a field goal yet this year. I don't know if we have or not. I don't know. I don't believe we have, um, but I could be wrong. But, yeah, so so – I'm just like, let's get this first down. Please yeah. get this first down. And they had gone to Jaden for back-to-back runs uh, for a net gain of seven, facing three and three coming out of the timeout. This time, uh, Brad Hoffman takes the ball for nine yards to the Hempfield 14, getting a first down. They get up to the ball, clock running, hand it off to Jaden again, and he busts through for 14 yards and what proves to be the game-winning touchdown. The Rada kick is good. Wilson leads 28-21, but they're still... 32 seconds to play. And after Rada kicked the ball off and uh, Hemfield returned it to their own 39, that's where the drive begins with 28 seconds to go and Hemfield with two timeouts. And that was a, a key factor because up first, Cam Harbaugh rushed for a yard and was taken down by Ryan McMillan. But however, um, the next play, Wilson gets called for pass interference. Right. And now this features someone who we highlighted last week on the terrible audio episode. At Cedarcrest, Eric Jackson made a phenomenal play. Yes. With uh, the game still, you know, up for grabs because it's early or it's mid second quarter, I believe, mid to late second quarter. Um, Cedarcrest running back Aiden Richards busted a huge run. Right. Eric Jackson chased him down across the field. Right. And tackled him at the seven or eight. Right. And, and Wilson ended up holding them to a field goal. Right. So Eric's and play essentially saved four right. points. I said, I, I texted you nearly immediately and was like, that was a four-point hustle play by Eric Jackson. Like, yeah, that, the Cedar Crest game. That was a four-point hustle play. And then... Last he, night. Right. Or, so sorry, so, Friday night. Right on Friday night, there's a deep pass, and the receiver's there. Like, I, it wasn't, like, blown or anything. The guy's just fast, you know? But Eric gets there and makes a play on the ball. Now, to be honest, I couldn't really see if it was actually interference like it's a long way and i'm watching through through a screen right. and i was at the other end right. of the field so it was hard for but, me to tell too but i thought it was close the correct play is to not let him catch it. right what what no matter you have what. to do and he didn't let him catch it and right. and the they officials took the say he interfered and, with him right okay that's better 15 and, yards is better than spot foul people lose their minds real quick this isn't the nfl right they get 15 yards so they're at midfield now. They're not at the 15 right. or whatever it was. So that goes to like, the Wilson's 45, but it's automatically first right. down. That's a huge you, okay. You know, like it, if that that was a that was the right play. It was the right play and it was a big play and it you know, if you look at the alternative, if if you don't do that, the receiver may, you don't know, but he may catch it and he may go in for an for a touchdown. And or he may catch it and go down, but then they've got their plays from the 15 or the 10 or something like that instead of from midfield. So right. it it's another play that sets up where it can easily get overlooked or be you can look at the negative side. You can be like, oh, you know, we almost gave a big one or there's a penalty called. Just like with the Aiden Richards run, you can be like, oh, we gave up this huge run. Yes, but – but <laughs> right there's a but right somebody came through and made that in last week the touchdown saving tackle Eric Jackson this week possibly the touchdown saving like play and again Wilson's defense follows up and answers answers and and decides the game and that play was essentially the only one in the final 30 seconds that Hemphill had the ball that was anywhere close of being yes. bad for Wilson because yeah. on the next play after the pass interference, Nick Weitzel sacked Cam Harbaugh for an 11-yard loss. Hempfield was forced to take a timeout with five seconds to play, 
And then the next play, the final play on second and 21 from, you know, their side of the field, Harbaugh hurls it to the end zone and actually put a little too much on it because yeah, it was out. It was, I think it was just out of the back of the end zone. But if anyone saw the picture I posted today, it would not have mattered if it was a few yards in the end zone because there were f- at least four Bulldogs around it. Uh, TJ Flight, Sean Dendel, Eddie Case, and uh, Gannon Brubaker were all converging on the ball at the same time. Uh, one of them may have even caught it, but again, yeah. it was out of the back of the right. end zone. It was so hard it to matter. tell, but it, it looked to me, I, I don't know if it was the WGAL highlights or whatever, but it, it one of the highlights, it looked like maybe TJ had come down with it, um, but kind of like let it go because like, hey, I don't, you know. Yeah, what does it matter? Right, it doesn't matter. You don't need it. And so um, it was one of those where it was – it was defended really well. And, you know, they made they made the quarterback run to his left to throw, you know, and um like he got off the throw. He launched it. Yeah, he did launch and it. Honestly, a little too far because it was out the back and um you know what? It was defended well. And uh, yeah. the defense stood tall. Kudos and finished off the win. Kudos to um Brad Hoffman, Jaden Jones and the offensive line for their play on you know on that side of the ball and kudos to the defensive line and when they needed it the defensive backs coming up with some key plays to ensure a victory um we mentioned this here in the interviews coming up but uh uh Weitzel and memo were big uh, throughout the night uh, harassing cam harbaugh and well i don't want to give away too much of what we talk about in the interviews so um let's just quick look at some team stats and then we'll jump into our player and coach interviews from the win over hemfield Quickly preview Manheim Township and then get to our power ratings. So Wilson actually ended up having more first downs against Hem- or to Hemfield, 16 to 12. Wilson, 280 net y- rushing yards to just 16 for Hemfield. Uh, we didn't think that there was a, a major back that could, uh, you know, cause Wilson issues on the ground. And it was really only the quarterback that could um, do anything scrambling wise, uh, moving around. But he did not uh, take off as much as I think many expected him to, and, and Hemfield finished with just 16 net rushing yards. Uh, they did match Wilson's rushing with passing, though. Hemfield, 280 passing yards and total offense for the two teams. Wilson, 330. Hemfield, 296. Pretty even on the offensive plays and gains per play as well. Both teams had a few fumbles, just Wilson losing one. Penalties, 11 for 103 against Wilson. Three for 27 against Hempfield. Yeah. Again, second week in a row. No comments there. Uh, we, we mentioned special teams played a huge role. Wilson, phenomenal. Kickoff team, great. Kickoff return, wonderful. Like, it's just, they did a very good job, even punt, though they didn't break return, one. Not getting caught on that first, that early one. Right. Hempfield ran an uh, early fake punt, so the punt return team was able to stop them just short, very alert, very, very good job from them. Uh, possession time, Wilson actually had the ball for five more minutes than than Hempfield, and most of that came in the second half. In the first half, uh, Wilson had the ball for about 11 minutes, but in the second half, they had it for uh, almost 16. So, um ball control and key possession swings in the second half for the Bulldogs. And we already mentioned the third down conversions. Wilson was only three of nine Hemfield, seven of 12, according to these red zone chances, Wilson four of five. So Wilson was driving and getting the ball deep down in there and just had that one fumble to uh, negate a perfect night in the red zone for Wilson. But um, yeah. So should we jump into these interviews? You have anything to say before I pull those up? Uh, no, it it was it was a good night. Um, Wilson was had their ups and downs, but they rode it like we saw at times. And again, a difference from the first half to the second half. And I I'm probably am oversimplifying it, you know. But like one of the things early in the season when we'd see things like not go their way, and it, it would it would kind of snowball at times. And, and we saw some games where it kind of got out of control. That wasn't the case, you know. I said they they didn't. They got stopped on fourth and short, not like one, but fourth and manageable. Uh, you know, with about five minutes left, defense gets the ball back and offense goes right back out there and goes right down their throat for a touchdown. You know, like, all right, we didn't get it this time. Defense went out there, got the ball right back, and offense took care of it. Like, you can't ask for more in that situation. No, like, absolutely it, not. It's, um, and 
you really like to see that. Like the defense quickly got momentum right back, and then the offense handled it from there. And then the defense slammed the door at the end. And so. the two responsible for the uh, the yardage, at least uh, in the stat sheet, and uh, by name and in everyone's head, uh, Jaden Jones and Brad Hoffman caught up with us after the game. Let's take a listen to that interview right now. All right, we're offensive starting. Again, second straight week, guys. Huge games from both of you on the ground. Pounding. Yeah, obviously, I mean, it starts up front. We got to run before we can pass. And obviously, first of all, starting our practice this weekend. Was there something said you different? Did you see something? We'll get the rock at the end. Well, we, you know, we had a the line. Maybe, you know, this was our championship game. So just coming in the huddle, everybody in the eye, you know, we knew. We get it. Yeah. Getting in the end zone, assuring Wilson Reed gives you guys a shot at least of title. Run it all by yourselves next week. And Township has a lot to say about that. But congratulations on clinching the tie and also ensuring that the winning and non-losing streaks of Wilson football continue. You guys want to head over to your family. Appreciate you stopping by. Great game. All right. So a um, little bit of a buffering issue there but hopefully everyone got that we appreciate uh, Jaden and Brad taking a time to quickly talk to us post game because uh well after the way that that last drive went we definitely wanted to grab those guys to to talk to and you know I think those guys like to have the ball in their hands when the game is on the line it was a really nice back and forth you know set it up with Brad hit him with Jaden a bit Brad comes back and then Jaden finishes it off yeah when that's working you know it's it's hard to defend, you know, it's hard to defend that. And we've seen at times when, when needed, um, you know, teams start cheating up and we've been able to get enough down whether it's, and you see them coming on strong this year. And, uh, you know, you have, um, you have Brady making the big catches or, or you have or like Brady Klein or, uh, like Eddie case made an awesome catch on, was it fourth and long on that? Yeah. Play? It was yeah. like fourth and fourth eight and, or something fourth like and eight that. And like, Man, he knew where the sticks were because he went far enough and he went up and made a contested catch. And man, like that, those are the plays like that that you had to have. But when it came time for it, Jaden and Brad they let him right down the field. It was it was fun to watch. Oh, absolutely! It was a lot of fun to watch. Anytime you can get the and the team talking to him like that. on on the interview, but also just like talking to him, you know, when before we we get got everyone like together for the interview and everything like they were like ready you know like they were like we absolutely like we want it in our hands which is obviously what you want you yeah. know but um i hope that happens a lot this week yeah the, the good things happen when that's the case all right we're gonna make an attempt here to play this next interview it is with defensive coordinator ernie Wolver. we haven't talked to him since the preseason so we wanted to catch up with him uh the the uh, hemfield band is playing in the background so hopefully you can hear this and it comes through properly if we do have any issues with choppiness or the audio i'm just going to cut it short um and i'll see if i can get that posted elsewhere but let's try to take a listen to coach Walber, who we caught up with after wilson's victory friday night all right for the first time during the season, the wilson defensive coordinator ernie Walber got the victory tonight 2021 wasn't without its drama and its moments, but when it needed to happen, got it done. That last drive, swarming uh, pressure on quarterback uh, Harbaugh. Um, what did you tell the group before, or what did you radio down to the group before they went out? Before now, we just wanted to go with me. Kind of a prevent type defense. I mean, we have feet, pass rushing, and he's a defensive back. We have memo, we have rights on the side, and they're really good, good athletes. They're going to put pressure eventually. Non-stop guys are constant motor, so they're relentless. There you go. I totally underestimated his speed. That guy can fly, and we had a tough time when that quarterback gave extra time to get to him, so he ran away from us. That my fault. But we did see very active defensive front. Didn't always get hard down, but always pressuring, forcing him to throw on the run. Especially, I thought main man four to get pressure with some of your speedier guys Absolutely. going to different sub formations. Absolutely. We um, I mean. He's just, Cameron's just, he's such a great pass rusher and he's so athletic. Um, and he's starting to get better every week. Yeah, uh, Hemphill was only able to rush for a net 16 rushing yards, but they were able to hit on a few big plays. Was that as a, a result of a good game plan from them? You know, play call, was it just them creating as he rolled out of the pocket? Was it blown coverage or 
what led to some of their big plays. We, we. And you can't ask the D-backs to cover five and six and seven seconds. That's with speed like they have, especially with Akron. So we gave him too much time. We're making him flush a pocket, but he still was, I thought he'd take off more. But he wanted to throw it, and it hurt us. He was more patient than I think. Yeah. Half time, I understood what I was talking about. All right, Coach. Well, we wanted to catch up season and wanted to get your feel. How does it feel now to know that you've clinched at a minimum a share of the title, and after the last two games, you've clinched the non-losing and the winning streak for good? Doubting this team. I am very grateful for that. Just to have But I'm just that's that's crazy. The winning season is just fantastic. That's something that's just awesome. And I was worried about it early on. Um, but I don't want to kiss my sister on anything right now. No, no, Kobe, we don't count those. No, nope. we the whole thing. We, I talked about it. I don't know if it was on the air or off last week, mentioning uh, that we had the chance to clinch the share tonight. But that wouldn't we mention it? That would be it because we don't tonight and then refocus for Township. But Pat Krisky next Friday. Yeah, I mean, we got out of here healthy, which is good. No, I mean, probably bumps and bruises, but nothing serious. So I think the kids are going to be ready to play. All right. Thank you, Coach Wolver, and good luck next week. Thank you. All right. So hopefully you were able to hear that and it wasn't choppy. It was very choppy on this end, but I hopefully it was okay on your end. But we appreciate uh, Jaden and Brad joining us as well as Coach Wolber. And uh, we hope to be able to grab a few more people uh, this Friday night. Yeah. So yeah, that was always a good we, sign when we get to talk to people. Yeah. In interviews are a good sign. So, uh, yeah, let's, let's hope that's the case. All right. So that pretty much sums up Hempfield game and... We're going to move on now to you, discuss Mannheim Township. Did you want to do player of the game? Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. sorry. I we did. We're gonna, I was going to jump right over that. Um, you know, we kind of alluded to it that the guys in the stats box are Brad and Jaden, and obviously we need them to get it done. But I think much like in 2018 where we um, were able to – or excuse me – well, I think it both times. We've done this twice before. I think in yeah. 2018 at Mannheim Township and 2019, the home opener against Central Dolphin, we gave it to a unit. And I think that's where we're going to go tonight. And I, I believe you're not getting the job done without these guys. And I believe both Jaden and Brad would agree that the offensive line had to do their part on that game-winning drive Friday evening. So our player of the game this week is the offensive line at Hempfield, and that's Comprised of senior Kyle Hassler, senior John Ramsey, senior Jack Durning, junior Brendan Hopp, and sophomore Jack Dendel were the five guys out there uh, Friday evening in Hempfield, and uh, they were able to get the job done. Again, 280 net rushing yards for Wilson, and every single play on the game-winning drive, a run. And I yeah. think that says a lot about what the unit was able to do when it counted. Was it always pretty Friday night or throughout the, you know, the whole season so far? No, there's been ups and downs at, at every position and every unit on the field. But when it mattered, the offensive line was called upon. They got the job done, uh, and they got the uh, they helped get the win Friday night. Yeah, absolutely. Opened up those holes and uh, 70 yards in three – well, two and a half minutes. That was That was the key, so – no better time for it to start clicking than, than that drive. Yeah, that was a, a great time for them. I say to start really... clicking. They had already rushed for over 200 yards. Like, it's not like it wasn't. Good. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. But heck of a time to exert your will. Let's put it that way. Yes, it was a, it was a job well done. And um, they for for their performance, that's, uh, that's who's getting our uh, player of the game this week. Whether you like it or not, it doesn't matter. It's it's up to Justin and I, and that's the that's where we went. So yeah, if you don't like it, talk to the big guys and tell it you're taking away from them. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. You tell the five of them that they don't deserve player of the game. Let me know how that goes. So congratulations to them. All right, quickly, our Mannheim Township preview. You probably know a lot about the streak, so we're not going to spend a ton of time. They're coming in like us, I believe, at six and three. I think so because they lost to Hempfield last week. They had lost to um, Harrisburg and Dallas Town. 
and Dallas Town. Yeah, that was a big surprise. I think that was in week two. Yes. So they had some issues beginning of the year, uh, but they're coached by Mark Evans, and uh, he's seventy three and thirty one entering the year for the streak. So now he's what seventy nine and and thirty four, and they were. Wilson's main competition last year in Section 1, but again, that game happened at the beginning of the year, the second game of the two. year, where Wilson had to go to Neffsville, Neffsville and beat Man Whoa, Township oh shorthanded. Gosh. And what, a, what game. a game that was. That was crazy, and that kickstarted Wilson's undefeated run through the section and was capped actually a year ago by defeating Hempfield at Wilson and Jordan Ager's first year, and they gave... Uh, Hemfield gave Wilson a run for their money last year, yeah. setting up this game this year. Yeah, we've talked about it a couple times about the job George has done at Hemfield, and he he is doing a heck of a job, it, in my opinion. Like it takes some time, but um, you, you can tell that I don't know that that seemed like one of the better Hemfield teams I've seen in in a few years on Friday night, and um, you know I know some of that is senior con- contributors and everything, but. Um, you know, George is young and enthusiastic and putting the energy and time into that program. So, you know, again, good luck to them, except when they play us. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you're going to see a lot of similarities between Mannheim Township and Hempfield. Uh, maybe, maybe people will see that as, as a good thing, but George with, Ager, Mannheim Township grad. <laughs> yes, he is. Uh, but Mannheim Township runs a spread offense. They have a stable of running backs that no one's really stepped up, but when they get the ball, any of them are capable of getting hot or taking it the distance. They have a strong quarterback, and this one is a sophomore for uh, the Blue Streaks in uh, Hayden Johnson, uh, and oh, he joy. looks to be so the next the, yeah. next in, the, in a, right. what has become a long line of talented township quarterbacks. He replaces Evan Clark, who is a walk-on at Penn State. Right. Um, he got the Grayson Klein treatment, already moved to tight end right. for them. But, you know, they, they lost a bunch. Cade uh, Clancy, a big name that's gone in addition to Evan Clark. Um, Dan Engel as well. But they have a few guys back, um, headlined by Anthony Ivey, the Penn yeah, State who, recruit. I guarantee, just to go back to Coach Wolber's interview, I'm not trying to speak bad, but to use his words, um, you know, he said he kind of underestimated or overlooked uh, um, Acre a little bit for uh, – Oh, Adam Adam Acker Adam from Acker Hemfield for yeah. for Hemfield. I promise you that won't happen with Anthony Ivy. <laughs> like no, it, it's a known thing here. Um, yeah, he he's he's a stud. So you know, it, it's it's one thing to know it; it's another to have to actually defend it. But the you know, I am confident that the coaching staff will put together a good plan for that. And Anthony Ivy has a few, has had a few spectacular games for Township this year. They've also won a few games without needing him at all. So he's right. not everything. He's not the, the do everything oh, that they 100%. need. Um, they have Elijah Fonseca back. They have Mike Heckman back. They have a bunch of guys, like I said, t- toting the rock, including Isaiah Jones, um, uh, Matt Torres, and a bunch of linemen back as well. Uh, one guy that's interesting to pay attention to is Matt O'Gorman, because not only does he play tight end and linebacker, but he also is their kicker and punter, and he's made a few important kicks for them this year. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see what Mannheim Township is able to do Friday night at Gursky. But again, this is for the section championship. If Township wins, they force a tie. If Wilson wins, outright champions. So obviously no additional motivation needed. There's so much on the line for Wilson in this game. Both teams six and three, both teams very slightly into the playoffs right now, I believe sitting at sixth and eighth, I think. Right. And, uh, but the thing is, and we'll, we'll talk about this at, at six wins. You, you might, you, you might make it, you know, like in, and there's not doom and gloom at seven. You're in. You know, like yeah. one of these teams is going to get the seven on Friday night and that team is in, you know, um, it, and, and you mentioned it like the focus and Ivy gets a lot of the headlines and rightfully so, but they have a bunch of other guys that are going to get it done and you better be ready for them too. Because if you, if all you do is shut down or try to shut down, um, Anthony Ivy, that's going to leave some other guys with some opportunities. It's, it's going to take a team effort. Um, and I, I'm confident that our guys will be ready to answer that bell on Friday, but uh, got to prove it on the field, I guess. Right. 
Yeah, absolutely. Now, I, we didn't want to bury the lead too much, but I know a lot of people are very interested in, to see what's going to happen with the power ratings. The screenshot that I posted earlier today, uh, which District 3 called, like, like I, I don't know if they said final or updated or what, it was a little bit misleading because it did not include a few results from other districts, which plays an impact and actually changes the way the current power rating should be. Uh, now, the image that I'm going to pull up here shortly only shows predictions, but there are a few minor changes. Uh, I believe three and four flip-flop from what the actual power rating should be versus what was on the District 3 site this morning. It doesn't impact Wilson. Wilson is still sitting. Um, and it's it's not a major concern. because Seventh, they, right? Right, uh, yes. And they are updated now, but also... There's a week left. <laughs> yeah, right. It doesn't. You're right. In the end, it doesn't matter. Like it was just weird that they tweeted out, "Here's the updated power ratings." When they they weren't done, because I was going through, I was like, "They don't have they don't have like the Pine Richland win, which affects which Harrisburg. affects Harrisburg. They didn't have, I think, the Coatesville win, which impacts uh, William, William Penn. Penn. Uh, the, uh, there was a bunch from District Six. I believe they had the State College win. There was D District Four. I don't think they had Williamsport. Or no, sorry, Hazleton. No. Didn't Harrisburg beat State College this week? Uh, but State College, uh, well, I was trying to figure out what District 16 oh, they oh, had oh, included. I, I understand. They I understand. had gotten State yeah. College, but I think like they had missed like Williamsport or Hazleton. There were outside of District 3 teams that those wins for those teams were not input, and the strength of schedule relies on those. So there were some movement when I started to do these predictions. So I'm saying don't always trust the power rating site because it's not necessarily completely updated until they say it's final. And District 3 will not do that probably until next Sunday, probably. Yeah, it'll probably be Sunday It'll afternoon. probably be Sunday Sunday morning, Sunday afternoon. Now, I will obviously have something out as soon as possible, but you can't take it 100% because I'm not the guy that locks that in. I'm just using mathematics to figure it out. So without further ado, and hopefully you can see this. If not, I will run through it verbally as well. I'm going to show you four predictions or power rating scenarios, um, two with Wilson winning, two with Wilson losing, and then there's another game each time that I flip-flop win versus loss. But again, there are a lot of moving parts here. There's a lot going on. There are plenty of other games that could have impacts. I just picked out the games that I thought maybe you know are toss-ups or you know a 60-40 split of who you think will win, whereas a lot of the other games I'm saying 70-80-90% chance one of the teams is going to win, so I'm just assuming they're going to win because this could go on forever. I could have a huge spreadsheet of just predictions for Week 10. But if you're watching this on a small screen or you're listening to this after the fact, uh, the first one is uh, predictions with Wilson beating Manheim Township, Central York beating York William Penn. Which would just be the ratings holding true in, in essence. Like Central York's one, William Penn is not one. Um but yeah, so like that would be just the seeds hold. Um, CD East beating Carlisle, that's very important. Yeah. And C CD, which Central Dolphin beating CV, Cumberland Valley. Those games are very important to what's going on. And I pointed this out on Twitter earlier. There's a lot of very important games this week. I just pointed out four of them. There's a few more as well. Those all feature games with teams in the playoffs or on the bubble as it stands. So Central York finishes number one in this scenario, undefeated in the regular season. They're going to finish just in front of Harrisburg, according to my prediction here. CD East in third, Central Dolphin four, which is an interesting one because they're two games fewer than, than Wilson. Uh, York William Penn in five. They have one less game played because they had a game missed as well. Wilson in six, Township seventh, and Hempfield eighth. So those LL Section One teams go six, seven, eight if Wilson beats Township and those other games finish as I predicted. So in that scenario, Wilson is sixth and would go to Harrisburg to play Central Dolphin East in the first round of the playoffs. Do we want to talk about any of these? possibilities or should we run through the the, the, the other possibilities that are out let's there let's run first? through all the okay. all the scenarios so that my next well, one not all the scenarios but a number of scenarios so the next one the only thing i changed was wilson loses the manheim township everything else all the other games were predicted 
as they had been in the first one. Central York beating William Penn, CD East beating Carlisle, Central Dolphin beating Cumberland Valley. All those things happening. Wilson, I believe, will still sneak into the playoffs as the eight seed should the Bulldogs lose to Mannheim Township Friday night. Now, one that I kept constant but would be a major issue for Wilson if they lose is if Carlisle would upset CD East. Yeah. If Carlisle beats CD East. Carlisle's right on that line of demarcation that you have there. So like it's not it's not a it would be it would be considered an upset, but it's not out of the realm of possibility. Right. It's not a major upset. CD East is seven and two. They just beat Central Dolphin this week. They took Harrisburg to the wire. They lost 25 to 20 last week. CD East has lost to Mannheim Township. So that'll probably at the wire. The thing that Justin and I will talk about at the end of this, how anyone can win the championship, right. is all coming to play right now. So the games you want to keep an eye on, obviously Wilson Manham Township. Wilson wins, they're in and they're they're working their way up. Central York William Penn could throw, you know, a big wrench into thing. CD East Carlisle could be very much uh, a game you need to focus on if Wilson falls to township. And Central Dolphin, Cumberland Valley, while I think Central Dolphin should win that game, that's a rivalry game. Cumberland Valley must win to have any shot at the playoffs. You can Cumberland see. Cumberland Valley also just put up like 40-some points this week, too. Um, um, and they've, they've got blown out and lost a few games, but they've been in a few games and won a few games that yes. were a little bit of a surprise. Yes. Surprise, surprise this year that that's happening. You know, right. what, a, what, a, right. what a shock. Um so you see Wilson still on the eight line there with a loss to Township. Now, moving on to the third scenario, this one has Wilson beating Manheim Township, but this one has Central York losing to York William Penn. What would happen there? So now Harrisburg moves up to number one. Central York still maintains the two spot despite the Week 10 loss to William Penn. CD East, CD East in third. William Penn gets to four. Central Dolphin at five, Wilson back at six, Township seven, eight, Hempfield. So in terms of Wilson specific, nothing really changes there. If William Penn beats Central York, I would still have Wilson meeting CD East in the 6-3 matchup. Now, if William Penn beats York, Central York, and Wilson loses the Township, I still have Wilson making... The playoffs as the eight seed, except this time they would have to go to play Harrisburg instead of going to play Central York. So to me, unless something crazy happens, Wilson's three opponents possibilities are Central York, Harrisburg or CD East. That's what I see happening. Um, Again, if Wilson loses, everyone should keep an eye on that Carlisle CD East game. I I haven't run the predictions yet. Should Carlisle beat CD East? But um, it'll be so, interesting. It's interesting something we don't hope we don't have to figure right. out. Right. So just win and it doesn't matter. Like right. they're in right now. You win. You're not dropping out with a win. No. Like it's not happening. No. Especially because you're playing a team that's in front of you in the power ratings. Right. Yeah. So Wilson is in with a win. I think everyone understood that. To me, by and large, the win over Hempfield quasi clinches a spot. But not a hundred percent, which is not technically a clinch, you know, because there's still scenarios out there where Wilson wouldn't make it. But if you beat Township, it doesn't matter. Like right. let the dominoes fall where they will. Then you win, you're in. You're undefeated section champs. Don't worry about it. You're probably going to Harrisburg to play CD East or, or Central Dolphin. Um, we'll see. Uh, but again, there's a lot of moving parts. I only changed well, a few things, and there's a few other games that are important. Cocalco, man, I'm central because of the crossover games and whatnot. Uh, for for, for it to help Wilson, we need Central to win that game. Hempfield, Penn Manor, um, that's mostly for can Hempfield well, stay in the playoff right. race. Dallastown, Red Lion, Dallastown um, is trying to get into the field as well. Harrisburg, Chambersburg, I don't see Harrisburg losing the Chambersburg, right. but that's important. And lastly, Exeter, Daniel Boone, that game needs to be played for Wilson. We don't right. want another right. one of our teams well, missing a game. That's another thing that you can't predict, but like... Um, you know, it talks about the like we you couldn't predict that Governor Mifflin wasn't going to beat Daniel Boone this week. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that can't go into the predictions because then that goes as basically what a no contest or something like that, right? And that that changes all those different things, and like it becomes this big becomes this big deal. <laughs> um, 
But like I look at that game, you know, Mifflin and BC, right? Did did Burke's Catholic play Central Dolphin this year? Yes, they did. So that that could have some effect, you know, like we played Mifflin, Central Dolphin played us, but they also played BC. Like there are so many layers to this. Like literally all these games, all these games like um happen and I would just like there are so many factors that that come into play here, um, and and you basically you basically nailed it. Like you, you can't worry about all those other games. The thing you have to worry about is going out and controlling what you can control, and that's going out and winning the game against Township. And then it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You know who wins the CD East game. It does. I mean, it does. But like you know, it doesn't. It doesn't affect whether or not you are in the playoffs. You know, so it, it's just one of those things where you gotta you gotta win your game. Yeah. You know, like you, you have to win. Um, and if you win, well, you win and you're in. <laughs> so. Win and you're in. That's what you need to know. So um, I crunched numbers just now, and I showed them to Justin. Should Wilson lose the township and Carlisle upset CDs, Wilson is out of the playoffs. So that you know that. There was no clinching scenario at Hemfield last week because of the games that are still out there to be played. And like Justin just mentioned, there could be some games canceled because of, of COVID that could have an impact. You know, Mifflin's already missed a couple games. Exeter plays. Well, and the, the headline and the Reading Eagle said, like, Boone game canceled next week in jeopardy. You know, right. like, well, hopefully they can get it together and play. All, all that little bit. All You need your opponents to win. Right. That's it. Yeah. To be clear, we need we we, we need, need Mifflin to win to, we need right. Exeter to win we need we Man, I'm Man Central, Central to win because guess yeah. what Martin Luther King didn't win a single game so they didn't help us at all right. other than we won that game do they play this week they do not ah so get them a game <laughs> they they do not play so Central Dolphin playing is important to us and they play Cumberland Valley this week Cumberland Valley's trying to get into the playoffs we need Central Dolphin to win that game all of our non-league opponents those first five teams. We need them to win. Martin Luther King's not playing, so you're down to four. Mifflin, we need them to, to play Berks Catholic and win. Exeter, we need them to play Daniel Boone and win. Man, I'm Central. We need them to play Cocalico and win. Uh, who, who did I miss? Did I, oh, Central Dolphin. We need them yeah, to yeah. play Cumberland Valley and win. So we need those games to come out. If we lose and don't take care of business, we can still make it. But we need some other things to fall our way as well. Those non-league teams winning would be a big help. But the biggest is we need CD East to beat Carlisle. So outside of what's happening at Gursky, if you want to feel good, playing for their playoff. If lives, you, so. if you, yeah, if you want to feel good about backing into the playoffs, we need Carlisle to lose to CD East. Normally, I would say smart money would be like, yeah, sure, that's going to happen. CD East is very good this year. But we've talked how many times this season about the volatility of District 3-6A and how at this point you look at it, especially if Carlisle would win this week, regardless of what happens with Wilson, there may be nine teams. I mean, do you honestly count out Dallas Town? They already beat Manham Township. They took right. Hempfield to the limit. Now they right. lost to, to Central York and William Penn, but if things b- bounce the right way, if something happens, someone can't play, like COVID, like there's all these uh, variables out there. That honestly, any of the ten teams listed on this page could possibly win District Three Six A this year. Yeah, and that includes Wilson. Right, right. So you're playing for a lot. You sh- you should already know that. I think the coaches have been telling you that. Your your parents have been telling you that. The fans have been telling you that. We don't need to sell- tell you that. But go undefeated in league play, win that outright championship, ensure your spot in the playoffs, and then anything can happen. So. That's where we're at. Those are the power ratings to date. Those four scenarios all have Wilson making it, but again, that was dependent on CD East beating Carlisle. If Carlisle beats CD East and Wilson loses to Township, I think Wilson misses the playoffs. Yeah, and I I just want to kind of spin it back to like our the things that we can control again. You know, I, I look at over the last two seasons, there's been some things that we couldn't control, right? And that that's just the way it falls sometimes this year right this season we we control it you you win you win the league title uh, you know outright and you make the playoffs yep there's a lot on the line on friday night 
it's senior night, you know, it's at possibly your last game at Gursky. Very well, likely. Honestly, very likely. It's, it's your, your last, last game, game at yeah. Gursky. No matter what, there, there's so much on the line. It should be another good night of football. And man, it would be a great one to go out and, and really put it all together and uh, get it done on Friday. Absolutely. So, yeah, let's uh, hope everyone is, is ready and excited for football. Last game at Gursky, more than likely this year for the seniors, for the season. Come out, be loud, support. Let them know you're there. And uh, players, hope you're ready to buckle it up and show District 3 that, you know, the death of the Wilson program may have been exaggerated during the first month of the season. Yeah. And the Bulldogs are back and you're fighting. And now you're seasoned. You've met adversity. You've overcome adversity. You beat Township. You're rolling into the playoffs in the bottom half of the bracket, but trending upward. Yeah, and who would who would want to want? Like, I know there's not a team that's going to want to sign up to to face a team. Oh yes, yeah. one five if, that would have won five in a row and hits the hits the postseason on on that streak and everything. No, not not a chance. And, yeah, and like if, we said, you you get in, you've got a shot at the title. If you're that number three team, if Wilson wins and gets the six, and you're that number three team, be it uh, Central York, York William Penn, CD East, Central Dolphin, you know, there's a few op, op, options out there. Do you think anyone's like, oh, good, we're playing a Wilson team that's won five in a row and is healthy? Right, right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't think I don't think anyone's saying that. I know, I really don't. Yeah. So. so, congratulations to the team, the coaching staff for um, riding the ship, getting everything in order, playing good football when it matters. And the the thing is, they're still not even playing their best football, right? Because last two weeks, there's been mistakes, turnovers, penalties. Whether or not that's our problem or not. That's up for debate on a few of them at least. But we'll see what happens this week at Gursky against Manheim Township. Hopefully they put in a complete game against a top opponent and can feel proud of themselves going into the weekend and the start of the second season. Any final words from you, Justin? No, just uh, let's let's make it a good week of practice. Let's make it a great week of practice and hit, let's be firing on all cylinders this week. Yeah. Like, let's, let's just get the job done. Eyes on the prize. Let's get another banner. Let's celebrate another outright section title and then move our focus to games in November. All right. That's it for us here on episode 7-14 of the Bulldog Hour. We will be back at some point next weekend for the 15th episode of our seventh season to discuss the Manheim Township game and preview the playoffs, which we hope Wilson will be a part of. So uh, stay tuned to our social media for all the information that comes out as we hear it. And until next time, remember, go, go Bulldogs. Bulldogs. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Bulldog Hour. Want more Wilson football? Follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud. Or visit www.bulldoghour.com. The Bulldog Hour is a feature program on jmnjrradio.com.